When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Italian American Podcast. The first podcast dedicated to helping Italian Americans learn about and celebrate their brilliant heritage. We're your hosts, Anthony Fasano and Dolores Alfieri Taranto. We're first generation and third generation Italian Americans from the same small village outside of New York City. As writers and speakers, we've both spent years exploring Italian American identity. And through this podcast, we continue this exploration with you. In each episode, we talk to dynamic Italian Americans. From athletes to authors to entrepreneurs to find out how their heritage has influenced their success, their values, and their outlook on life. We do it with a lot of heart, a lot of smarts, and a lot of laughs. (laughs) As the saying goes, there are two types of people, those who are Italian and those who wish they were Italian. Whatever camp you're in, grab an espresso and get your hand gestures ready (laughs) for this episode of the Italian American Podcast. This is episode number 99, where we're going to tell you about some new developments going on with the Italian American podcast, and we're going to highlight some of our favorite clips from our favorite episodes. How are you doing today, Dolores? Hello, Anthony. I'm doing well. Kind of a bittersweet episode here. Uh, We have a recap of some of our favorite clips because this is episode 99, which is exciting, and the next episode obviously is our big 100. Yeah. So, right? I mean, that's triple digits. That's kind of fun. So, and the 100th episode is going to be uh, just an introduction of the next phase of the Italian American podcast. So, we're going to we're going to talk about that some more in a little bit here before we do just welcome our new listeners and of course let you know that there's 98 other episodes that you can listen to of the Italian American podcast. We're glad you're here, uh, especially at this point where a lot of exciting new things are about to happen. Yeah, for sure. And please remember that you can go to iTunes and you could subscribe to the podcast so that when we do publish new episodes, they will be pushed to your mobile device. You can listen to them on your commute, on your way to work, which I know a lot of our listeners do. So please be sure you make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Also, just want to remind everyone, we have a terrific private Facebook group, a members-only Facebook group called The New Neighborhood, a place for Italian-Americans. If you want to learn more about this group, which is a very fun, vibrant group where you can really basically take your love of the podcast to the next level and get to really meet some of the other people who who are passionate listeners please visit italianamericanpodcast.com and you can just click on the membership button at the top of the page. Yeah, there is a fee to join that group for multiple reasons. One of the reasons is because this podcast, while it's free for our listeners, it costs us money to produce and your membership fees help us to basically keep the show going. And we really appreciate that. And it's been very helpful. And the other reason we charge is because there are a lot of Facebook groups out there that are really inundated with thousands of people. And there are a lot of posts that just aren't engaging. They're not interesting to people. And so we thought by having a small fee, 
it would kind of limit the group, make it more intimate. And it has totally, it's become really a family. We've had people that have connected with each other, people that have met in different parts of the country, even in Hawaii, believe it or not, two people met up because of the group. And so it's been an exciting group to watch evolve. And it's become even more interesting with the introduction of the Power Hour hosts coming into the group as well and engaging with our members. So it's been a lot of fun. That's right. So you can learn more at italianamericanpodcast.com and click on the membership page. We'll link to that as well in the show notes. So should we get started? Yeah, let's talk a little bit about some of the exciting things we have going on. I mean, Dolores and I have been doing this now for I don't know how many years. I lost track, but... um, Almost four. Almost four. Okay. If you can believe it. It's been a really fun ride and... We've had a lot of amazing guests. Guests are going to hear some of these quotes shortly on the clips we're going to play for you today. But a couple of years back, when we started this, one of the things that we did was we reached out to the National Italian American Foundation because we wanted their support, and we, you know, we we ended up making a partnership with them where we gave them exposure on the podcast, and they gave us exposure through their channels. And we did that by meeting with John Viola, who at the time was the president of NIAF. And Dolores went and met him. She had lived there. I was on the phone. We had a really good meeting and it started a really good partnership and relationship with John. And now he's no longer with NIAF and he's officially, we're joining forces with John to kind of continue to grow this, uh, grow this content channel and even make it more interesting for you. That's very well said. That's, you just summed it up. Yes, exactly. We're really, you know, we're really fortunate that John saw from the beginning something very promising in our show. And I think he saw just, you know, something promising in our us as hosts and the content, but also in the medium itself as kind of the future of our community in many ways. And so when John left NIAF, this was one of the first things, you know, we had a, he wanted to do. We had a lot of conversations of what that might look like and how he could contribute. And as so many of you already know, and as Anthony and I know firsthand, John is an extremely creative, energetic, talented man. So it really is a blessing to have him you know, want to work with us. It's been very exciting. And it's, it has taken us a little time to kind of shake things out and see how they're going to fall into place. Uh, we did begin with the introduction of the Power Hour. And now this kind of next phase is going to be, you know, starting with our next episode, with the 100th episode, you're just going to see a different format, not, um, I shouldn't say different format because you've been listening to the power hour, but let's say that if your hosts so far along the journey have been mainly Anthony and I, that's going to change. Now your hosts are the five of us. I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. The five of us being of course, John, Dolores and I, and then Rosella Rago from cooking with Nona, who I know you all know by now she's been on the podcast a few times and Pat O'Boyle, um, who we call the professor because he's just so knowledgeable about all things Italian and Italian American. And John's also really helped to serve as kind of the glue to bring that group together and, you know, bring, bring all of us together, which has been, a, I think, a, a great experience for all of us. And yeah, exactly. You're just going to see different combinations of us with different guests, different topics, maybe some in-studio episodes, maybe some you know, outside of the studio on the road episodes. So there's a lot of stuff we can do with kind of more of us. And, you know, John is really visionary and creative, like Dolores said. So he brings that to the table with the skills of the rest of us. And I think it's going to make for some interesting 
content, funny content, educational content, historical content, really everything. And, and I think we knew just from working with John and a couple of things that we did with him even before the Power Hour, which was the Southern Italian series that people still say is their favorite episodes because... And then it was actually John, Pat O'Boyle and Pat's brother, Anthony and Dolores and I met up for that in New York City one day. And that turned into quite a few episodes, I believe, detailing the history of the South, which is where a lot of our ancestors came from. And so it was a really informative episode for everyone. I think from that point, Dolores, I think we knew that we, we, could, we were all going to be working together. Yeah, that, that show was, that series was bigger than we had pictured, it imagined it to be, let's say, thankfully. And it really hit home to a lot of you. We, we still hear from people who are coming to the show new now and they listen to that series and it, it blows their minds. It changes their lives because it changes their their view of themselves and their ancestors and everything they've known. So it was very powerful. And we could have, I mean, we could have sat there and spoken for another eight hours. So it was, it was, it was very clear that this was kind of a, a synergy that we should, you don't, it's not easy to find, right? You don't, you don't every day run into other young Italian Americans that you connect with that, that way who, who want to do this kind of work and are able to do this kind of work. So this is, um, a really great progression of the show. I, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of, you know, things need to evolve or they break and they fall apart. And we, we really need to grow both just as people, you know, Anthony and I as, as hosts and Anthony and I in our own personal lives. This is so great. It, it breathes new life into what we've been doing. And I do think the different constellations of, of hosts at times is going to be really fun and, and interesting and just, you know, two different or three different voices together or all five of us together will be a really nice change. In addition to the this new format that we've been talking about, I am also going to be working... Well, I have been working on um, my own show called uh, Bella Figura, The Tradition of Living Beautifully. And I've mentioned it several times in past episodes that it, first it was an idea and then it's kind of been evolving. I'm going to launch it in seasons... So we'll do, let's say, 10 to 12 episodes or something like that. And I just kind of want to evolve the conversations that we've been having over the last 99 episodes about how to connect to your heritage, whatever that heritage might be, on a daily visceral level and, and how, to, how to really feel stronger, prouder, and more confident by really knowing and having a strong sense of where you come from and who you come from. And also these questions that we are going to talk about would we go through some of these clips that are reoccurring themes, which is how do you live with two value systems, right? The one you were raised with, this kind of old-fashioned Italian values, and the one that you are growing up in, which is these modern American values. And how, how can we do that, especially as women... Uh, because I happen to be one, <laughs> but you know, as men as well, and how can we raise our families with this awareness so that we we're really living beautiful lives in in every respect? So I know there's many of you who have 
expressed interest in a show like this and kind of been waiting to hear it. So um, if you want to know when it's launching and kind of just keep abreast of the news regarding it, please visit uh, my new website, bellafigurapodcast.com. So B-E-L-L-A-F-I-G-U-R-A podcast.com. And you can just sign up for the mailing list and I'll let you know. Pretty exciting. Yeah. Awesome. And regardless of whether you hear Dolores on the Italian American podcast or her new podcast, you will still hear her laugh. That's guaranteed. (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure that comes with me (laughs) no matter where I go. So in a nutshell, folks, we're not ending. We're just evolving. Yeah. It's exciting actually. And there's a lot of stuff that's going on already with episodes we're talking about and things we're doing. And you know, we just couldn't do it. There's no way we'd be able to do this just Dolores and I. So having these other you know, professionals involved with us and friends, they're friends of ours, and which even makes it more fun. And uh, I think we can rock and roll into this episode, Dolores. What do you think? Um, I think so. So let's just lay it out. We basically each picked a few clips from some of our favorite episodes, or at least episodes that stuck out in our minds as being the most poignant. And we just thought this would be a, a nice way to kind of reflect back on the strictly Dolores and Anthony age of this podcast. And, um, you know, just talk about also what things were like for us then <laughs> versus now and how these themes in these clips have kind of evolved with, through all of these um, conversations. So we're very excited for this episode in general. And we're, we're so grateful for all the support we've gotten from all of our listeners throughout the years. People say this, but it's true. We literally could not have done it without you. And that means without you listening, but also without you giving us your feedback and your support, letting us know that you're out there, that we've mentioned it often that there was so many times where we were tired and burnt out and you know maybe wanted to stop and then we would just get such a heartfelt letter from somebody telling us how much the show impacted them and sure. that really right just gave us the boost to keep going gave us the energy to keep it going for sure really and so we wouldn't have gotten to our 99th episode without you guys and we're just we're really grateful for it and you know we're really just putting our our money where our mouths are pretty much. We we are about community. We are about connecting. And this next phase of the Italian American podcast is just that. It's just connecting more, you know, with our fellow hosts and their families and their network. And of course, as always, with all of you. Well said. All right. So we're going to jump in here. Before we do, though, I do want to recognize we have two sponsors for the episode that we're very grateful for as well. And I want to recognize them. Summer plus Italy equals media set Italia. Experience an Italian entertainment getaway on DirecTV with all the newest drama, variety, news, and entertainment from Mediaset Italia. Now you can get Mediaset Italia and four more Italian channels with the Italian Direct Package from DirecTV and enjoy all things Italia. Get Mediaset Italia a la carte for $10 per month plus taxes or Italian Direct Package for $20 per month plus taxes. Call 877-778- 4794 today. That's 877-778-4794. World Direct a la carte service requires activation of a qualifying base package. Hardware available separately. Additional fees and restrictions apply. New customer offers require equipment lease and credit approval. Other conditions apply. Call 1-877-778-4794 or visit att.com for full details. All right. And our other sponsor 
for this episode is the law office of Michael DeSapio. Have you dreamed of reconnecting with your ancestral homeland by becoming an Italian citizen? Since a change in Italian law has allowed dual citizenship between Italy and the United States, thousands of Italian Americans have done just that. Italian citizenship by descent is granted to those individuals who can prove Italian ancestry, even if through several generations. If you or a family member is interested in pursuing their Italian citizenship, contact the law offices of Michael DeSapio for a free consultation to see if you qualify. They are a full service law firm based in New Jersey that has served clients throughout the United States in assisting with dual citizenship applications. Mike will work with you and his experienced network of researchers, genealogists, and translators, both in Italy and the U.S. to guide you through the process. Don't miss the opportunity to reclaim your right to be an Italian citizen. Contact Mike at 908-996-6766 or www.desapioesq.com. That's D-E-S-A-P-I-O-E-S-Q.com for more information. Again, that's 908-996-6766. And Mike is a wonderful guy. He's been a member of our new neighborhood actually for a long time. He's been active, super active. He even did a, what we do webinars from time to time. He did one on Italian citizenship. And we are just so happy to have him as part of the new neighborhood. And we're happy that he is supporting the show. All right. With that, let's rock and roll into this episode. All right. For our first clip, we're going back to episode seven. And our guest really needs no introduction. Our favorite Italian-American author, Adriana Trigiani. She was just a great interview. She talked to us for so long, Dolores. We split it into two episodes, which was great because you don't expect someone who's that busy to give you that kind of time. And of course, she did. And she's been on a few times since that. But in this specific clip, I picked this one because she talks about the importance of work and love as like the two most important things for her. And I think that that's kind of a running theme in a lot of our episodes that that's very Italian and Italian-American. And that's why I really wanted to pick this clip for this episode. So the Italian sensibility is really one of abiding with the changes in humanity, in art, in music, in food, in the emotional constructs of what makes us unique, unique human traits. And the family is the central core of that. It's like, how do we gather within the four walls of our home? How do we define ourselves? Now, this isn't to say that all of this is perfect, but what it is to say is, what do we value? What do we care about? How are we going to spend the days of our lives, the long days of our lives? What does that mean? So for me as an artist, really have two themes, love and work. It's all I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. Somebody say, well, that's pretty limiting. Well, no, it isn't. I find it sort of a ever more everlasting themes. And to me, they are very Italian. Agreed. They're very, very Italian. The craftsmanship is the pride in that. Let me show you what I can make. The shoemakers that have come from the seamstresses, the way they create things from nothing, the pride that they took in everything that they did, whether they were on an assembly line or whether they were making the Sunday dinner. There was a beauty to things and an order and a pride in that craftsmanship. Absolutely. 
and they were making it for people they love. So I have a deep connection to craftsmanship and then love. And then honoring history also makes you rich. It gives you a sense of your own place in the world. I don't have any illusions about myself that I'm all that in a bag of chips or that I need, this is what I need. I mean, really what I need is I just need my family to love and work that makes me feel purposeful. And I have a really good sense of what is my ego and what's my true heart. And my ego is the thing that makes me uh, ridiculously upset for no reason. And, uh, well, why don't I get that, you know, might be my thing. Because uh, you don't freaking need it, you know. <laughs> you have what you need. And that's really the secret to all of it. So our history, to know your family history is really important. And if you study cultures, you realize that when they want to destroy you, they tear your families apart. Mm. And I want you to look at all of history and the strong cultures that have survived despite people tearing them apart. And I mean, I can sit here and name them all, but you know who they are. And the Italians have really walked with that throughout history and said, yeah, you know, the family's the most important thing. Right. That's what matters to us. Dolores, I think that was a really good first clip for this episode because Adriana obviously talks about these key themes of work and love, which are themes that come up in many of our episodes, especially talking about how Italian Americans hold family in such high regard with gatherings and things of that nature. Yeah, I remember, obviously, I remember when Adriana Trigiani first came on our show. Uh, that was a really big moment for us. She was our, you know, definitely our biggest guest at that point. And we were so excited, you know, to have her on. And uh, like you said, she gave us so much of her time. But that was a very powerful quote and one of the many that's definitely stuck with me over the years. I remember even making something for social media. It was just a picture of the two words, love and work. And then, you know, printing it out for myself and putting it up in my own office. It's great when you can have somebody kind of just sum up something that you've known your whole life, but you didn't verbalize, you know? And that's kind of been a luxury we've had uh, on this show. And obviously, a writer like Adriana just summing that up. I just think that that's my life's experience. You know, the people who raised me and how they raised me, the values they raised me with, really, it you can distill it all down to two very important things, love and work. Yeah, for sure. And I think what's great about that is, you know, we live in this very distracted world right now with a lot of noise and social media and different things. And you could talk about a million things. And sometimes our episodes, we go in a lot of different directions with people. So it is nice when someone like Adriana, who's very articulate, can take all of this stuff and kind of just focus it. Focus it on Yeah, focus it. That's a good way to put it. Absolutely. She kind of just gave it she kind of like made it into an arrow, <laughs> like shot in a certain direction. You know, so, and I feel like in so many ways over, you know, these now 99 episodes, those two themes really are just constant in every episode and, and in every conversation with every guest. It's not just the value of hard work, but the importance of work and the importance of having dignity in your work. That's a huge part of life for Italian Americans. It's a very ingrained trait. And then and then love, right? So love for your family. But also love for 
yourself. You know, I I talk a lot about bella figura. You know, in the sense of that that's just an idea of having a love, a respect for yourself, for your home, for the people around you, right? That you love and care for, and for your work and the thing the two themes love and work they're just so intertwined in in our culture and when adriana said that it just gave me something to kind of work with you know I, it's almost like your shoulders get a little taller and you're like that's right that's me that's a value i hold and that's something that is in my blood and those two things are really important to me and they'll be important to me until the end of my days yeah, for sure. And I can guarantee you right now we have about five more clips we're going to talk about in this episode. And that theme will certainly, I'm sure, come up again in some of those clips just because they are really the most important themes for Italian-Americans. And on our episodes, because of that, we, we talk about that quite a bit. So with that, let's move on to our next clip. So in listening to some of our earlier episodes, Anthony. First of all, I was actually, you know, not to toot our own horn, <laughs> but I was actually really taken by how how great they are and how kind of genuine and really deep they are. You know, I mean, not that I was surprised. It's just been a while since I, I listened to them. Yeah, so that was kind of nice. And I, I think with our conversation for this next clip was with uh, Maria Lorino. Maria Lorino is, of course, the author of The Italian Americans, which is the companion book to the series, The Italian Americans, that we talk about all the time on the show. And she's also very well known for her first book, Where You Always an Italian, which is a memoir. So Maria was a, was a great guest for many reasons. And one of them for me in particular was a lot of her work focuses on you know, the female aspect of being Italian American and this kind of as she describes it like a, a push and pull between the old world values and the new world. And as longtime listeners know, this is a subject that comes up a lot for me. And to have her come on and be able to just talk to a, you know, a more established Italian American woman about these themes was really a gift, I have to say. So let's play the clip first and we'll say some more. Uh, and then after I had a child, I realized that this this American notion of you can have it all, you know, you can have and women can have it all, women can have everything was fallacious that we don't have a work structure that gives women paid leave or any kind of parental leave structure. When you compare that to other countries, other European countries, there's no social safety net that way. And so, so much of the burden is on women, especially when they're raising children. And so I wanted to write about feminism. And then when I got about 150 pages in, the book was not really working in that way for me. And I realized that the ethnic component was a huge part of it. And I returned to that because I realized that so many of the things that I had walked away from as a child, this notion of a kind of maternal sacrifice, and Italian mothers are really, really good at that, (laughs) that I was all of a sudden finding myself that was inside me because mm-hmm. that's who I am. That's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. And so that was the pull and tug. And I began to realize that there were really wonderful things about those old world traditions that we needed to also incorporate in our new world life. That sense of community over individual, that sense of time over profit, 
you know, this notion that we have to pay attention to our families, to our children, that we're not just completely defined by work. Um, and the more American word, independence. You know, American culture is all about being independent. And there is a sense of dependency in an Italian-American culture. That's a negative word. Let's say interdependency, where people help each other out and has this very integral unit of the family. And so that's what I wanted to explore in that book and how we could find a balance in a way between those two, what seem to me very diametrically opposed cultural beginnings, you know, the, the independence versus the community. Wow. I mean, just re- <laughs> just listening to that again, I almost feel like I don't have to talk about this subject ever again. I can just play that clip <laughs> like, and just be like, this is what, this is what I really mean. It's, you know, through like a hundred episodes of the podcast over three and a half years, I've been trying to say basically what Maria Lorino says in that clip. And again, this is just, you know, as we were talking about with Adriana and her comment on love and work, this was another one of those times where one of our guests just says something that really, for me, just it just shoots straight to my heart and really resonated. Maria just so clearly outlined something that I didn't even know for a long time was, was plaguing me my whole life. And the problem really when you don't know that something's plaguing you, right? Is that you can't see it. You can't name it. And so it just becomes this amorphous, overwhelming struggle. And through doing the show, honestly, I mean, definitely through writing my book, but, but through the show and all these conversations, I now have a very good understanding that it, it really was very simple. I grew up in a traditional Italian-American home with with traditional values. And I lived in a modern American society as a you know modern American woman. And a lot of the times when I had to make decisions, there was conflict. And I didn't know for so long that that conflict was just a conflict between the way I kind of felt at my soul level and then this, this new way that was being introduced to me as an American. And that, and that it is a... a conflict, right? And it can be a struggle. And really what you have to do at every turn is almost decide what is worth losing more. Because as Maria goes on in that episode to talk about is that basically no matter what, you lose something, right? So if you choose your career and your independence or, you know, let's say the American way, you're going to lose community, time with your family, right? right? that connection, that's the sacrifice. That's the trade-off. And if you choose to these more kind of, let's say, Italian-American values, which is, that, which is that interdependency, that focus on your family, that, as she says, that community over individuality and the, the time over profit, then you're going to lose some of that individuality and that independence. And for me, for so long, it was just I didn't know which way to go because I didn't understand what was actually happening to me. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. I mean, when you're in too deep, you don't know what you're into, basically. Right. You can't see it clearly. So, you know, as as a teenager or even in my 20s, I made so many decisions based on this very American ethos of of independence. And, you know, I'm not defined by my family. I'm not defined by this way I was raised, I'm supposed to be on my own. I'm supposed to make my own decisions and not worry about anyone else. And that never really 
worked for me, right? Because I, I have this other worldview in me. So right. there was always a conflict. And I just, that's why I just love this clip. It's just so illuminating. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's good. And I think analogy that people might be able to relate to just in, in careers in general, and I, I talk about this a lot with people in, in regards to their career is, you know, you have a job, you do your job every day and you're always doing your job. So your head is down, you're working, you're trying to please your boss, you're trying to do this, this, onto the next project. And then you forget about like your overall career, like the big picture of you and where you're going and your, all your skill sets. And then like all of a sudden, 10 years, you're in the same job. You look up and you're in the same job still. You haven't really made a lot of progress. You maybe missed out on opportunities because you're so, you're so head down in doing what you do every day. You don't think about like the bigger picture. And so her point really illuminates that. And the other thing that I think was good about her point was, or made me think about at least, is you know, the idea of the interdependence in the family. Yeah. Is that probably when we grew up, you know, our parents did a lot of stuff for us, like, you know, to help and dinners, getting everything right, doing all this stuff. And I, what I'm seeing in today's world is you have to make a decision like, do you want to keep doing that stuff for your kids or do you want them to do more stuff on their own? Like be mm. more independent. And it's kind of like a decision you have to make as a parent because you feel like you want to support them and do everything you can for them. But sometimes it's better to let them do some things on their own because that's how they learn. Absolutely. So I feel like that's another tough decision that you have to make as a parent on a regular basis is what where's that line kind of, you know? But do you feel cuz do you feel like that's a conflict though between your Italian American values and your American ones because I would say that that's actually I guess because I was raised by immigrant parents who couldn't really, you know, speak the language very well or write the language, we actually did have to do a lot for ourselves and we were expected to do a lot for ourselves even as my mother was, you know, the typical self-sacrificing, you know, totally loving, cooking for us, cleaning for us, but we had to be independent. So do you really think, do you think that's a conflict between those two separate worldviews? Well, I guess one way to look at it is like, and maybe this is a little different, but like my grandfather, for example, he never cooked. Right. But I cook all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if it's cultural difference, time difference, you know, things are different. Like my wife works and I, I work out of the house a lot. So I'm able to do a lot of different things. And so the point is, is, and I know a lot of people from when I grew up that their parents did a lot of stuff for them or even like, even husbands where their wives did like everything for them. Right. Sure. And that's not the case anymore. Right. So like my my mom used to put my dad's clothes out for him. Yeah. So like, like so my my son, he already knows how to cook. He's 10. Oh, that's great. I taught him how to cook. So the point is, is like, I didn't learn how to cook when I was 10. So, you know, I just think like it's different times, things are different, but right. it, she touched on a couple of points there that I think that I feel like I think about on a regular basis. So I thought that was interesting. Absolutely. So, and I also want to mention quickly that, you know, as we mentioned in the intro with a lot of new things that are happening here, this is kind of the the stuff I want to focus on, on my new show on, on Bella Figura, because you know, at first, when I had the idea for this show, which definitely came out of all the conversations we've had on the podcast, I thought it would be more focused on, you know, Italian, Italian stuff in general. But as it's kind of grown and changed, I realized this is just, it's bigger, right? It's bigger than just our community. It's really kind of any hyphenated group has this struggle. And 
for me, my life would have been probably so much easier <laughs> and clearer if I had understood that this was my particular... I don't want to say struggle anymore, but like my particular situation, right? That as the daughter of immigrants, as an Italian-American, like a hyphenated American, I have to recon- reconcile two different value systems. And instead of just flinging myself from one to the other, making mistakes and then cleaning up the mess, I'm, if I had had an awareness about it and been conscious of it, I could have made more strategic decisions, right? And kind of said, well, I'm not going to do that because it doesn't align with these values. Or I am going to do that because it aligns with those values. And, I, and I'm, aware, I'm aware of what I'm sacrificing when I do it. So this is kind of why we wanted to do this show. It's, it's a bit of a wrap up, but it's also to say that it's, nothing's ending, right? We're just evolving. Yeah, for sure. And one other thing I want to add to this, to Maria Lorino's clip and just, just about her in general is... First of all, I hope all of our listeners have watched the PBS series, Italian Americans. But in addition to that, you have to read her book. And I'm telling you right now, I read the book because I knew we were going to interview her. And you mean, you mean the Italian Americans? Yeah. Yeah. The, sorry, the Italian Americans book. It gives you, I mean, if you want to read one book that gives you a really good idea of our history, you know, you don't have a lot of time to go through a bunch of different books and sources. That book is pretty good in terms of being complete. It's got photos, it's got images, it's got the history. And I learned so much about our Italian-American history and heritage from that book. Um, It's great. I highly, highly recommend it if you're looking to just get one thing, leave it on your uh, coffee table, read it when you can, guests can read it. it. It's great, really. And the series itself. I mean, if you've been listening to our show for a long time and you still haven't watched the series... I'm going to come over there and yell at you <laughs> because we've only talked about it. I mean, I don't know, like 200 times. It comes up all the time. It's such a great series. So um, it's a PBS series. You can watch it, I'm sure, on Amazon at this point. So definitely check it out. I guess we can link to it too in the show notes. For sure, for sure. Um, all right. Well, let's get move on to the next clip here. This is fun. <laughs> Okay, this next clip was one that I picked. Again, um, this is with Tom Santapietro. Uh, Tom Santapietro is the author of The Godfather Effect and many other books. He has Broadway experience, very interesting man. And Anthony, this might be my favorite show. Really? I'm gonna go out. Yeah, I'm going to go out and say it. I, so I was re-listening to this again, as I've, I already mentioned. You know, it's been a long time since I listened to these early episodes. I remember when we recorded it, feeling just this overwhelming sense of this is a terrific episode. Because, you know, I always say, we will finish recording and I'll say that one had magic. You know, I'll just, yeah. I can just feel it. And I just remember hanging up with Tom and thinking that one had magic. And even when I was editing it and re-listening to it, you know, a couple years later, it, it, it still had all the power and, and resonated with me that it did. And I, I think it was just so authentic and emotional. And Tom really went, went there with me <laughs> a couple times, you know, when I kind of dove down and, and got really deep and talked about some emotional things. He, he really went there with me. And I think the nature of his own experience where he, you know, he denied being Italian, but not denied, but didn't identify with being Italian, Italian for pretty much like 
the beginning of his life, you know, until I think he says he was 20 or something like that. And his kind of reclaiming that and then his work uh, around the Godfather trilogy where he really sees, you know, our experience and by our, I mean, Italian American experience in those, in the, the arc of the trilogy it was so poetic. It's just all so poetic and moving that uh, it just, it really remains up there as, as one of my, my all time, you know, favorite conversations. So let's play the clip and I'll, I'll gush more afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You describe Sinatra at one point, um, actually in the Godfather effect, you describe him as quote, for all his pride and heritage, he conceived of himself as American, occasionally as Italian American, but decidedly not Italian. I found that really interesting. Could you talk more about that? A big part of his persona was he always identified as American, but he wanted people to be aware of the fact that he had Italian roots. And think of the fact, you know, the the concept of hyphenated identity has really only been become so strong in the past, let's say, 20, 25 years, you know, near the end of Frank's life. And so He identified as American, but what he was saying to people was instead of hiding the fact that he had Italian heritage, he embraced it. Because think back, Hollywood in the 40s, uh, when Frank came up, you had to, in effect, hide your identity. Edward G. Robinson was born Emanuel Goldenberg. Danny Kaye was born Daniel Kaminsky. They said, change your name, change your name. They, if you can believe it, they said to Frank Sinatra, your name should be Frankie Satin. He said, no way. The name is Sinatra. Frank, well, then he inserted an obscenity, which I won't say. Frank <laughs> blank Sinatra. So he was saying, not only am I not going to hide it, I'm proud of it and I'm going to embrace it. And that was a huge message at a time when you still had the uh, Uncle Tom image of Italian-Americans on film. So maybe what you're getting at in that is that he didn't necessarily consider himself Italian, but some kind of what, like new hybrid image that he's presenting? I think that's really true. He was saying, I am American. There's a song called The House I Live In, which is about tolerance in America. And he recorded that five different times over his career. That's about being an American, not a hyphenated American. But at the same time, he's saying, I'm an American but I am a particular kind of American, one of Italian roots. And he's saying the great thing about Frank that everybody likes is he said, you don't want me to sit at your table? Fine. I'm going to set my own table. You're going to want to join it. And maybe or maybe not, I'll let you sit there. I love that. What a great way to phrase that. I mean, that sounds to me now that we're actually talking about it, very Italian-American, Yes, you're right. <laughs> like, I feel like I grew up with people like that, you know, who yeah, would have that, said that to you and did say that to the world, you know? Yeah, that's right. That's well said. Okay, another one of my favorite quotes, right? That whole, that whole part at the end where Tom talks about, you know, you don't want me to sit at your table? I'm going to set my own table. And not only am I going to set my own table, but you're going to want to sit at my table. <laughs> and I may or may not let you. And I may or may not let you. Oh, you know, just so poignant, so beautiful. I'm sure there are a lot of listeners right now who had uncles, right? And grandparents who were like that. And that is such a trait too, that kind of self-assurance, right? This, this confidence, this way of moving through the world 
where you're not going to wait for anybody to anoint you or accept you. It's just like, you're just going to live your own way, having a full confidence in yourself. So beautiful. Yeah, for sure. And I think that whole exchange about changing his name was really good because we've talked to many people in our podcast travels and our uh, book segments and all these different things where they had one name for their family that was changed and they had to either change it back or they had to do research and figure out what it was and that affected their family research. I mean, it was a common thing. It happened all the time. They, They like Americanized the names. And so it was interesting. And I didn't know that before we talked to Tom, but it was interesting to hear that the same thing was attempted to Frank Sinatra and his kind of stance on that. Yeah. And his response. And that that's part of what is really beautiful about someone like Frank Sinatra. I love that as Tom explained, he wasn't saying I'm Italian, you know, and he wasn't saying I'm American. He was clearly introducing something that we have all gotten very comfortable with, which is this idea that, no, no, don't get me confused. I'm American. And I'm proud to be an American, but I'm a particular kind of an, of an American. And, and he would not let producers erase that, right? He would not erase it from his persona. He brought that into his music. He brought it into his style. And in doing so, he brought the rest of us, really, into American culture as we are. Right. In, right? A, time, in a time where some people might downplay that, he accentuated it. Exactly. Or, or at the least, he wasn't going to be embarrassed of it. He was going to say, this is, in fact, this Italian part of my American is a strength of mine. Right. It's something I'm proud of. It's something that's, that gives me this flair, this edge. It's, it's part of who I am. And I'm proud of it. And you're not going to change my name. And I'm not going to be embarrassed that I'm, that I'm, you know, I have these Italian roots. I'm proud of them. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing is if you haven't listened to that episode number 10 with Tom, you should listen to it for many reasons. I think one of the reasons is because we've talked about this also in terms of some of the the mafia-related movies and how a lot of Italian-Americans look down upon them in terms of kind of the shadows they cast upon the culture. Whereas Tom took a lot of positives out of those movies. Yeah. And we, we have that conversation with him. And I think there's a specific part of one of them, Dolores, where he talks about he was just looking at that part of the movie and thinking of his, his grandparents or his grandfather that immigrated here. And, you know, we also talk a little bit about how as much as you don't like the movies for one reason, there are many portions of the, re- the movies that you relate to because of your culture. Right. I mean, he actually says that after two decades or whatever of not identifying at all with his Italian side and, and actually so eloquently explains why he didn't identify with it. And a lot of it had to do with the stereotypes and the buffoonery images in media of Italians. He, he would see them and he would say, I mean, I don't relate to that, right? Like, that's not me. And that actually in the in the, uh, I think it's the Godfather 2, when the young Vito Corleone is detained at like 10 years old or whatever it is at Ellis Island, he said he, he watched it and it just clicked for him. And he realized that that was his grandfather who had come here by himself at 13 years old with a few lira in his pocket. And it changed the rest of his life. That movie gave him finally 
an image of Italian Americans that he could identify with. That's so powerful to me. And it actually is, you know, possibly conversation for another show, but we've talked a lot about, especially with the Power Hour crew, I'm always getting elbowed and ribbed because I don't, I'm not crazy about a lot of the movies everybody else likes, like Fatso, Moonstruck, you know, Saturday Night Fever. I just, I'm not into them. And then, but I love the Godfather trilogy. It's difficult and also not difficult for me to explain, but but listening to Tom's episode again, I realized why that is. And he even says it. He says, you know, the work they did is one thing, right? The Corleone family. Right. That's not what resonated with Tom. That was just a storyline to Tom. You know, like in every movie, every character has a storyline and they have a, a job they do or whatever. And that's how I look at it. I'm just like, this is just a storyline. They're, they're mobsters, right? But their characters are dignified, they're intelligent, they're strong, they have values that they live by, a code that they respect. And that has always resonated with me way more than these kind of over-the-top comic caricature images of Italian-Americans in all these movies that I just don't go for. Yeah, no, I agree. It was... Tom's episode was a powerful episode in a lot of ways for all these reasons we just discussed and, and even more. So please definitely. I, I could have picked like 12 clips from just his yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was trying to elaborate on some of the other stuff. With yeah, the you know, please. If, you, if anyone listening has not listened to it, definitely we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes. Definitely go back and, and give it a great listen. Um, he also gets into more of Frank Sinatra, but also how you know Francis Ford Coppola was very conscious of kind of using the trilogy as a almost historical narrative, right? For our Italian American experience. And, you know, the difference between why the first episode opens, the first film opens the way it does versus why the second film opens the way it does in the arc of our assimilation. It's, it's just so moving and poignant. And um, I d- you'll never see those movies the same again. Yeah, that's for sure. hundred percent. All right, let's go on to our, our next clip. Let's keep this train rolling. All right, this next clip takes us back to episode 12 with the great Lydia Bastianich, cook, TV star, author, a little bit of everything. She was really amazing. And I, I do remember you know, right before her call as well, we were, we were kind of nervous and excited to get the opportunity to talk to her. And I selected this quote from this episode because it's something that Dolores and I talk about a lot, which is the idea of, you know, in today's society, things are changing rapidly, more technology, you know, everyone's on their phones, people are working so many hours a week, and it's hard to maintain that family presence like Adriana talked about back in the first clip. And so... Lydia kind of talks about how cooking and the table and food can be a remedy to that and can act kind of as a magnet to bring people together. It's, I know it's both of our favorite, one of our favorite quotes from the episode. So let's listen to it and then we'll reflect on it a little bit. Your nuclear family. And then of course, now with your children, it sounds like you guys were a team. You were a team. You were a group that worked towards this success. Well, you see, you you have to, you know, our family, I think that's part of being Italian. And, uh, you know, when I listen to the stories of 
it's an immigrant coexisting with the Italian family. Everybody talks about, of different ethnicity, talks about going to my Italian friend. Right, yes. There was something <laughs> on the table every time. There was food for everybody every time. And you always felt welcome. You know, I think that's part of being Italian. You know, the, the communal, the family, there's this nucleus, you know, the families first, but then also the community, the little town nucleus. And you're there to support each other. And I think, you know, especially now in this volatile world, that is ever more important and necessary. And I can't stress enough how important it is for children again. And you know what? Food and that table, good food and preparation of that table is the magnet that pulls everybody together. So, yes, you know, I can't talk without talking about my family. And that's the way it's been. And that's the way I appreciate it. I understand. And, you know, the reason Anthony and I do this podcast is is so much because of everything you just said. It is a volatile world in America, especially. There's so many great things, but we can also feel very isolated from each other. Community is harder to come by. Living in the same place as your family is harder to come by. So we really try and put this podcast together as a way for Italian-Americans to really still feel that community. Yeah. I want to add to that, and that is that doing that, getting everybody together, it's an effort. Mm, it really right. is, uh, for all the reasons that you just said. And But, you know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't try. It's, you know, we need to. And, you know, that table, cook a good meal. Maybe it's just on the holidays. Continue. And I think, again, today's world, where everybody is in this isolated little screen in front of their eyes, whether it's an iPod or an iPhone or whatever, we're living an ever more solitary life. And we need the table, I think, and cooking and this re-interest in cooking. I feel it's an antidote mm. to that screen, to that being alone. So ever more, we need to nourish ourselves. And, you know, Italian food is the food of choice in America. It is the number one ethnic cuisine. I really love that you just said that, Lydia. I find that the older I get, of course, as an Italian-American woman, the more I realize that it is work. Somebody has to do it. Tradition, keeping the family together, keeping these things alive, they don't just happen on their own. And all the work my mother did and all the aunts that I you know, grew up with, we had these big dinners. It was a lot of work for them. But they did it to keep the family together because they knew if they didn't do it, it wasn't going to happen. To nurture the belly and nurture the soul mm. and nurture the family togetherness. Absolutely. All right. So that is really definitely one of my favorite clips from these episodes because we do talk about it a lot. And I think both Dolores and I experience it in our own lives is there is that busyness now. I know for me, I have young kids and everyone's all over the place. And you know, there's demanding jobs, people travel, people relocate. And, you know, I think having that conversation with Lydia just reinforced that, you know, when you do make a Sunday dinner, when you do have a gathering, all the work that goes into it, she kind of clearly kind of emphasizes why it's worth all that work, essentially. Right, exactly. Yeah, I think it's easy to forget in this day and age of why that's important. You know, we we would talk a lot about how our ancestors, the generations before us, they didn't have to think about community. Community was a default, right? You lived with 
your family, you lived near your family, your friends. Things were just slower, I think, and there were less distractions. So for us, we might wake up one day, as many of our listeners do. I think that's part of why so many of our listeners find us is they kind of wake up one day and realize all of that has gone away. And the thing is, it's a hard lesson, but Lydia really does kind of explain that we have to work at it. And, you know, even back in the day when family was close, somebody was still doing the work. Right. You know, usually a woman in terms of cooking, you know, and preparing. And it takes a lot of work to prepare a dinner for all those people and then get everyone together. So, but it's worth doing. It's the payoff is worth it, especially if you long for and, you know, which really all of us were wired for that community. That's what we, that's what we are as human beings. Yeah, for sure. And I think what that clip is really helpful for, at least for me, is when you're in a situation where you're thinking to yourself, should I do this? Should I have everyone over? And you're thinking of how much work it is. It's, you know, you remember those conversations like with Lydia or with Adriana and it pushes you to say, you know, we need to do it. Let's do it. Oh, it's so true. And I agree. I, I have used Lydia saying that, that it's work so many times ever since we've had that conversation to, to give me that extra push to do the work and have people over or, or organize something because, because like sometimes you just need that push, right? You need like a wise person to look at you and say, no, this is what you should do. This is more important than, than not doing it because you don't want to, you don't want to have to clean the house and then clean up after. And, and you know, like that, that part of you that says like, Oh, is it even it's such a hassle? Is it worth the hassle? You can hear Lydia's voice going, Oh yes, it's worth the hassle. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. And I, specifically that quote, right. Where she says like the table is the magnet that brings everybody together. Yeah. And I mean, I think I might've mentioned it even in the episode with Lydia. I didn't re-listen, re-listen to that one myself, uh, but I think I might mention it, which is we, I have this one story of a time where we had everybody over for my mom's birthday and she likes Chinese food. My mom, you know, so we didn't want her to cook and she didn't want us to cook. So we got Chinese food and it was great. I mean, we had a good time. It was fun, but like, you could just tell something was missing. Right. It, it's not the same, you know? I mean, I, I'm not saying don't get together if all you can get is takeout. I say right. do it. You're not saying don't get Chinese food. I, I, and, I'm not saying don't, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not saying don't get Chinese food. But I am saying that all those dinners my mom does cook regularly for all of us with this gorgeous Italian food that all of us are just wait for the night we get to go over to her house and eat it, it's really a magnet. It is a pull, yeah. it is a draw, and it changes the whole energy of the gathering. Yeah, it's funny because we just did this too for Father's Day. Like we went to my to my parents and my dad always cooks. Right. And like we didn't want him to cook. And so like we were kind of going back and forth and my brothers were like, you know, we're just going to order from this Italian place. It'll be fine. He won't have to cook. And like, finally, it just got to me and I just text them. I'm like, I'm making a tray of sausages and peppers. <laughs> and Jill and I made a tray and we brought it over and like, you know, we had the other stuff too, but I mean, it made me feel a little bit better. And part of me was also feeling like we don't want him to cook, but I think that's part of the reason you go, like you look forward to going there and he looks forward to doing that. 
Yes, right? exactly. So it's exactly. kind of one of those things where you're like, yeah, we don't want you to cook, but part of it is like, that's what he likes to do. So it is, it is. And my, my mother, I think would say the same exact thing. She, you know, we go over to her house regularly on Monday nights and she spends the whole day really preparing for us to come over. Right. And it's a lot of work for her and she does it. She'll say, this is what mothers do. You know, like, I love you guys. I, so I, like I sacrifice my time and my energy because I want to, because I want to keep us together as a family and I want us all to be together. And I, it's almost um, like the love that's in her heart can be expressed physically in the food we then consume. Right. I mean, that's that's really what it is. Contributions to the family is it is that which serves as a as a conduit to bring people together. Essentially, absolutely, and it and it it does again and again and again. And we all look forward to it. You know, some weeks, some weeks we'll you know we'll make fun of her. We'll joke. She'll she'll kind of go off script and like try to make like you know I don't know. Let's say something like chicken breasts with like a salad, and like we all come in and we're like. Where's the fresh mozzarella? Right. Where, where's the where's the garlic bread, Ma? Where's the prosciutto? You know, where's the calamar? Like, oh. <laughs> and she's like, I, used to, I tried, thought I would try something different. We're like, no, we don't want different. Like, we right. want more of the same that we expect from you because we love that and we look forward to it. Right, and that's synonymous with the family gathering, right? Absolutely, like, right. It goes sure. along with it. It's it's like part of it. It's like intrinsically part of it at this point. So, and we also have a saying where sometimes if she's like cooking but she's like too distracted you know she'll like be on the phone or people will be stopping over and i like will cook eat something she cooked i'm like you didn't make it with love like i could tell you were like you were not focused on it and she'll say you know i didn't i I was not focused (laughs) and when something tastes really great she'll say i made it with love (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly how she sounds yeah that's how she sounds No, just a lot of years of practice. And you know, you can taste the love. You can legit, this is not hyperbole. You can (laughs) taste the love. And I think (laughs) with the episode with Lydia really gets to is, you know, she, she's not playing around. It's not just food that you, you just put it in your mouth for fuel. It's, it's like a gift it's a blessing. It's, it's beyond a conduit. Food, yeah. It's beyond food. Yeah. It's this, it's a whole other realm. And we as Italian Americans, it's especially important in our culture. And it's something we definitely need uh, to focus on. Yeah, no, it's great. She, it's, it's a very important topic. And like I said, it's one thing if you went out to Chinese food with your family because you wanted Chinese food, you'd all be into it. But in that setting, <clears throat> in that routine of your family coming, it's that food that is just part of the family gathering that makes it happen. And that's what we got to remember. And that's why you only hope that your kids will do the same thing, right? Absolutely. It's one way that you can pass that down. And so when people say like, oh yeah, Italians, Italian-American, they got great food. It's beyond that. It's yeah, they got great food, but the food is also kind of this way that we get everyone together, and that's the more pointing. And the other thing, real quick, before we go to the next one, that I want to mention about Lydia's episode also is there's another quote later on. If you haven't listened to it, you should. And again, that's episode twelve. She, I don't know if you remember Dolores, but she talks about like you know you need to build your family like a big strong tree yeah. and with good strong roots because when the wind blows, which inevitably, you know, Mm -hmm. there'll be adversity, the stronger the tree, it can resist that. And that was another good analogy that she gave that again, makes you think of just like all the stuff that we talk about, but again, it puts it into really practical terms and like, you know, makes you realize the importance of it. So, 
All right. She gave us gems, gems yeah, of wisdom did. from Lydia Bastianich. There you go. All right, let's go on to our next clip. Next clip uh, is one that I picked, and um, part of it I thought would be great for this episode 99 here because it shows, you know, kind of how far our relationship with John, John Viola, of course, has come. And I, I was laughing when I listened back to it. At one point, I, I even asked him, you know, like, how do you pronounce your last name? <laughs> it just, you know, was such a, a new beginning for us. You know, we had just just started working with him in NIAF and really did not know one another well. And now, you know, three and a half years later, we are, of course, like very close to one another. We, you know, consider each other family and we're all doing this great new work together. So that was part of it. But also the context of this clip in general, I I like some of the values that are discussed and also kind of how our role as Italian Americans in preserving Italian culture is, uh, is a distinct one. In addition to John Viola, this clip also features Dr. John Rosa, who is a very passionate Italian American, very big in NIAF and has been big in NIAF and very active for a while. And he professionally owns and supervises accessible beltway clinics, which is comprised of 14 clinics in Maryland and two in Virginia, combining medicine, chiropractic, physical therapy, acupuncture, and behavioral medicine to give a comprehensive multidisciplinary approach to pain syndromes and musculoskeletal disorders. So he's just a fascinating guy. Dolores and I love him. We've, we've got to know him really well. So you're going to hear from him as well in this clip. If you look at the word respect and dissect it in a million different ways, I think 100% of the reason that we exist is because it, it still exists. Mm. Yeah. It, in everything. And you mean we as a people. We as Italian-Americans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, Not I even agree. Italians, because the world changes, mm-hmm. but it's unique. We are so unique in a way that... Yeah. I it's fun. I, I, we were at an, we were at one of our events, the the military thing, the event, and I speak Italian, so I sat it with the two Supreme Court judges for on their side. A couple people get up, and it's the typical thing, like oh, and they start talking about their family and how we sat right. around the table in the hall, and everybody's like ah, and they looked and said, "You guys are Italian Americans are stuck in the turn of the century, it's true. and they cherish everything we don't even recognize yeah. ourselves it's anymore." Absolutely, you know what it is, they recognize it and they cherish it. They don't have. We had the. Thank God, the blessing of being like Encino Man and frozen in it's time. It's so true, we, we yes. We like hold down, yes. bat down the hatches because this is all we know. Right. And they had the mm-hmm. unfortunate case of being able to progress. Yeah. Right. You know, right. we're very lucky. They yeah. wanted to, like the Italians wanted, especially the Southern Italians, they want to take off that kind of yeah. old school, antiquated, yeah. you know, uh, veneer and become modern like yeah. the Americans. And we have foundations to hold that, on to it. Well, yeah, I mean, I had a joke with my mother growing up because we were raised like it was, you know, it was Southern Italy circa 1900. And then all we heard about was all the, this is what you do. This is what you don't do, right? All these rules. And then the first, one of the first times I was older, I've talked about this before on the show, we went back to Italy and I remember looking around and like, I'm dressed like a nun because because that's how I was raised, right? Like to be decent, I had to cover. And I'm looking around and I'm like, mom, like we're in Piazza. I'm like looking at these girls, like, and and it was eye-opening for her. It was one of the first times she realized 
it's not in 1967 was when they left Italy. She said it's not 1967 anymore. Yeah. But but for my family, that's where it stopped. Oh yeah, yeah. We stopped at the Italy they had known. But look what happened after that. I mean, with all due respect to Italy, you know the birth rates in yeah. the tank. Definitely. There's no more kids. Mm-mm. There's no sense of identity. Mm-hmm. You know, it's struggle. It's a struggle. People yeah. are leaving that country. And, yeah. you know, I'm always thrilled. I mean, some Italians come here and they're like, look at these podunk cousins of ours <laughs> who think they're Italian. Then they, they, you know, they look down at us. But there's other times, like we did the gala last year, and, you know, I'm very proud. So there was a lot of tricolor and a lot of pomp and ceremony. Mm-hmm. And one of them came out to me and said, this is my first gala. I've never, I'm from Italy never felt more Italian in my life than right now. He's wow. That's a big compliment. Yeah, yeah. it's a very high compliment. Yeah. And, you know, last year was the first time we finally, after you know, old contracts and stuff, could do the gala the way we were going to do it in the future. And, you know, that's a blessing that we have. Mm-hmm. And it's not tied up. It's, it's, you know, again, Italian is sort of the umbrella of it, but it's the family values. Yeah, it's it the, really is. It's the sense of being together it's the sense of doing those things. Yeah. I feel, I wrote about this in the recent blog post. Uh, we're doing blog posts on the off pub dates Sundays. Uh, that That's our gift that we offer the world and especially I feel like the American community. And, and I think that it's really up to us instead of, yes, we're assimilated, but in, not letting that part, the family values, the respect, yeah. the pride, the confidence... That's what that's our gift to others. Absolutely. Right? And we really need to preserve that can't get lost. Who is our gift? It's our responsibility. Yeah. I'm smiling and laughing listening to that playback. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, well, you can kind of hear how excited I am to kind of be in a room with other people who get it. You know, it's just this like moment where we're all kind of flowing on this on this excitement of connecting. I like in this clip, and the reason I chose it was this idea of Italian-Americans being like Encino Man, as John says, or something caught in ember. Right. Is it ember or amber? Something caught in amber. Well, something, something preserved, basically. Yeah, like Jurassic Park, basically. <laughs> and uh, that it's our role to, to, to bring these values into the larger society. You know, it's, it's not necessarily that we should be, oh, those are old. Those are old fashioned. Oh, they're outdated. So you want to get rid of them. No, 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 no. Really, it's the opposite. You need to live in this modern world as best you can. Of course, we talk about all the time that there's, there's definitely things we want to let go of and things that no longer serve us. But so many of these values as Italian-Americans that we were given, it's the opposite. We should be praising them, right? right. We're working so hard to keep them a part of our lives and our children's lives and our families' lives, despite the fact that the world is moving in a, in a different direction. I hope that all made sense. Yeah. I mean, I think it comes back to what we talk about all the time on the show. And I think we've probably talked about it a couple of times already on this episode, which is maintaining those core values. And then there might be a little bit of flexing around some things because, you know, obviously modern times have changed, like you said in your story in that clip when you went to, to Italy with your yeah, family. Right, right. But I mean, at the end of the day, you have those core values like Adriana mentioned with the love and work and, you know, Lydia mentioned with the food, bringing people together. Like those are core things you want to continue. And some things may not all be the same, but you have the foundation. 
the foundation. Yeah. I'm really big about too, you know, discarding what doesn't work anymore. You know, I mean, by that, I mean like what's not positive anymore. You know, I mean, my parents weren't very talkative in the sense of like, well, why can't I do that? You know, there was no conversation. Well, honey, (laughs) you know, because X, Y, and Z, it was like, because I said so. Right. Because I said so. Because I said so. And that's fine. That's not like a judgment or even a criticism of my parents. They were, they're wonderful parents. It's just how they raised me. Well, maybe that's not what I'm talking about. You know, maybe talking to your kids a little more is, is a good evolution. But I yeah. think, you know, if you've been listening to the show, you know, you know what we're talking about. And many of those things are what, what you've listed just now, Anthony. And uh, as we were talking about a little bit just already, you have to sacrifice something. You lose something either way. So, so what, what is more important to you, right? Is it, is it the old-fashioned value of having that time with your family? Or is it the modern value of having independence? Right. Yeah, no, that's, it's, it's you know that's fine that we deal with on the podcast for a hundred episodes, but yeah, yeah, oh. I know it's a, it's an ongoing theme. I mean, so much so I'm gonna like start a new show to talk about this because I think it's a really it's really big with our community, and I think I have the hunch it's big with a lot of other communities. But I, we've received so many letters from people who struggle with this, and you know, I often get ask the question because I kind of play this role on the show of, you know, well, how do you do it? Right. How do you, right. How are you a modern woman and you manage, you know, and keep the old fashioned values, you know, and the honest answer is with a bit of difficulty. Right. Yeah. It's not, there's no straightforward answer to there's that. No stri- right. I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah. I'm learning. Go ahead. Sorry. What would you say? <laughs> it's evolving. Yeah. It's evolving. Exactly. And we're kind of learning more or less along with everybody else. Yeah. So, so I love those. And also it gave me this great idea of if the U.S. was a country where people left, you know, people emigrated from to other countries, which of course it's, it's not, but if it were, how the equivalent would be like American, I don't know, American Chinese living in China or I guess the equivalent would be, yeah, American Chinese and kind of them having 1950s American values right. today. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny to think about, yeah. It is. It's kind of a reverse way to think about it. And, you know, in some ways, you there are a lot of values that we've lost in this country from the 50s that wouldn't be so terrible for many people to still live by, you know? Right. So, I mean, there's many that we're glad they're gone as well. But I just think it's a good kind of mind game to play to kind of get a sense of what your role as an Italian American can be in today's society, basically. For sure. And by the way, I think my father had a because I said so t shirt that he just wore all the time. <laughs> well, with three boys, I don't blame him. Yeah. But, <laughs> That's but, pretty uh, funny. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I know all these, it's funny, Dolores, as we're sitting here and going through these clips, I'm saying to myself, these clips are all the same. I mean, like they're all different, but they're all the same. They are. I know what you mean. The themes are like very similar, which is probably why we ended up picking them all because they're all like the major themes that we talk about on the podcast. On like most, it comes into like every episode in some way, shape or form, basically. That's a good observation. And I would totally agree with that. There's, they're definitely not like silos. There's a lot of overlap here. Yeah, for sure. We know what matters to us. It keeps coming out of our mouths. 
All right, great. What's next? Next is uh, is this the last one? This is the last one. Let's do. Exciting. Let's let's go for one more here. All right, for our next and final clip, I selected this one, and this was one from one of the episodes with uh, Tony Reality, TV personality, of course, from his show Around the Horn. We got to go there, Dolores and I. We got to be on set with him, which was amazing. He was amazing. And it was another one of these, let's turn it into two episodes because he gave us so much time and probably so many quotes and tweetables in this episode, which is why we, we, we cut it into two. And this specific clip was one that kind of resonated with me and I know Dolores as well. And it goes back to all the other clips that we're talking about where he kind of says, you know, you asked me what Italian means to me. And so he gets into it beyond just the family, the food and that stuff. He goes into a deeper meaning of it. So I'm I'm excited to reflect on this one. Let's hear it first and then we can talk about it. You asked what being Italian means to me. And I talked to you about family and we could always talk about food and we could always talk about, you know, great sense of style and and hair. But for me, it's about feeling. It's 100% about feeling. I'm an emotional person. I always have been. That is so far off the charts in the last 21 months of my life. So far off the charts. I'm crying at Hallmark commercials now (laughs) on a daily basis. And I have to use that power for good and not evil in my own head. You know, because I can get very, very emotional about other people's issues in life. Their best things, but also... I can be very happy for, for people, my, my, my friends and my family. I can also get very sad for these things. And being a father has made me hyper aware of that, but it's also made me know that this is how I want to go through this journey with Sammy and Francesca especially, is that compassion and empathy has to be number one. You have to have these feelings. You have to know the power of these feelings. You have to allow for these feelings, the good ones and the ones that aren't so good. And you have to be able to navigate life while those feelings direct some of your direction, I guess. Wow. So that, that one is uh, pretty deep there. I mean, you know, the reason I selected that quote was because we do talk a lot about, you know, the food and bringing the family together. And it was good to hear him go kind of deeper on those topics and get into kind of the feelings behind it. Of course, he was referencing his daughter that was just recently born or not recently born, but he was talking about when she was born and how that had an impact on him. And I don't know, he was just a very engaging guy all the way around. Really those two episodes, 17 and 18, if you haven't listened to him, they are a couple of my favorites. And um, I don't know, Dolores, he's just very engaging. He's really, you know, when he speaks, he's like, he's really he's really thoughtful in like everything he says in those interviews. Yeah. He's very, he's a very articulate man. And I think he's a very well thought out speaker. He, he thinks about what he's saying. And I, and as he says, right in that clip, he feels things. So you're talking about somebody, you know, and there's other parts in, in that where we get into his education. And this is somebody who, if I remember correctly, was educated by Jesuits and yep. he's he's still very connected to his Catholic heritage. You know, he he hosts a sports show on ESPN, like a fun, silly show, but you know, behind that or with that is a very is a very deep, thoughtful man. Uh, very, very in love with his family, very in love with his heritage, his his faith, and having a strong 
moral and, uh, and, you know, value centered compass. And you feel that from him when he speaks, you know, all this is, was very endearing. I remember when we were, we were there speaking with him to see kind of this, you know, very successful, a uh, grown man, just kind of almost be brought to his knees by his wife and his daughter. It was, it was so sweet. And, and the best part was he was really genuine about it. Yeah, he really was. And it was interesting when I was re-listening to the episode yesterday, preparing for this, I was kind of thinking through, you know, we were there, Dolores and I on set with him and like, you know, 20 minutes of it or 30 minutes of it, he was getting makeup put on him and we're in the makeup room with oh, him. Oh, that's talking, right. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I forgot. And, uh, you know, I don't think we were recording at that time, but we were just talking to him. But it's like the whole time we were there, he was just so focused on us. I mean, even when we're, he's recording the show, we sat on the side and watched him. It, like on the breaks, he's checking with us, everything. All right. Do you, know? you need anything? He's yeah. in the middle of hosting the show on ESPN. He's got four people that he's talking to that he's like facilitating the discussions. I mean, it was... And then we went on set with him. If you could see it in the episodes, we took some photos with him on the set. And I don't know. He really was a very warm guy. He brought us right in. It was like we knew him for 20 years. And we sat down with him after the show for about an hour and a half and just talked to him. He was, I mean, he was great. He was like everything he said, I think many, most of what he said in some way, shape or form resonated with one of us in some way, if not both of us. Yeah. I know. um, I remember you really feeling connected to these episodes as well. I think kind of probably for the same reasons, as I discussed earlier, where our conversation with Maria Lorino, uh, Lorino really resonated with me, which is, you know, he's also a young father, a young husband, Italian-American, Catholic. I think a lot of that really spoke to you. Yeah, for sure. And, um, you know, and I have watched him for years on ESPN and I was aware from from that perspective. And I think we met him at, well, I didn't meet him. I think you met him at the gala or, you know, somehow we got connected with him when he was at the gala, when he introduced Mike Piazza, one of the nine. Oh, right. At the New York city gala. Yeah. That's right. We, uh, I think my husband actually started talking to him Uh, and then my husband was like, you gotta, you know, you gotta go on my wife's podcast, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) He was not my husband then my fiance, but yeah, that's right. And he was like, sure. (laughs) <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're in the studio. We get there. the family involved, right? Uh, yeah. In the <laughs> Sorry, <studio>. go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm saying that the next thing you know, we're in the studio with them and another generous person with their time and, you know, and giving us genuine content that I think our audience really also resonated with this episode. It was a very popular uh, set. So, so again, I, I don't think you could really end with a better clip than that. It was it was right along with all of the other clips in kind of the themes, but I feel like, you know, Tony went pretty deep and he got into, you know, the whole idea of <laughs> he cries on a Hallmark commercial. That's right. <laughs> well, you know, he was he he kind of was talking about what Adriana talked about, which is the idea of love. He, and that's really what he was saying, just in a different way. And I think this idea of feelings is really very true in our culture. I can think of so many of the men I grew up around, even the cold, quote unquote, cold ones, like the tougher, the tougher nuts to crack. Some of the men who were more stern, they were like that because they were full of emotion. Yeah, And, you know, it was a way for them to kind of contain as best as they had the tools to that emotion. Or then there was a, there was men like my father. My father was very emotional. He was very, it was very macho too, right? Very manly, but he was very emotional and, and he could be moved by, by something very small. You know, even he would just have moments 
looking at all of us laughing and talking around the dinner table, he would step back. I could almost see him doing it. And he would be full of emotion and full of love. Right. And, and I think that is a very, you know, we, we call it passion, right? Italians are known for being passionate. Right. It's all the same thing in different words. Yeah, for sure. And, and again, it goes back to what Adriana said with the love and work because Tony, you know, he was getting into kind of all the feelings and and the love, like you said, in that episode, in the clip, but in the episode, he also talks about work. I mean, absolutely. You know, he, Oh yeah, that's right. Uh Got the job because he showed up to fill in for someone who was absent. Like I remember many years ago, the day after the Super Bowl, and he never came off set. That was it. He got, he ended up getting the job from it and he basically worked like every day Regardless of what I think at one point he said, I don't remember what it was. It was like kidney stones or something. Yeah, I was just had, thinking right? of that. Yeah. And he was there on set, just like plugging through it. And again, it, it comes back to the Italian American work ethic. And it's that work and love. And he talked about both of them in the episode. It just it, it's full circle from the first clip from Adriana to this clip, the last clip. It's just, that's, that's it. Very good. Very well done. All right. So I hope you enjoyed the, on that. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed the clips that we selected. There's plenty more in there and we could probably do many more episodes like this, but go back and listen to these episodes if you haven't, or even if you have, they're, they're dynamite. And we're going to come back now and let's wrap this thing up. So I hope you enjoyed kind of our journey there through memory lane over the last 99 episodes. And we just picked out obviously a few of the 99. We could do several episodes like this with the other episodes as well. But like we talked about, there's obvious running themes. There, there is. And I'm sure that they'll be apparent in the future episodes as well. But we did want it to take the time to kind of reflect on some of them. And I hope you can reflect with us here through listening to this episode and maybe going back and listening to some of those past episodes. With that, I'm going to kick it back to Dolores and she's going to take us out. Okay, Amici, you can find us on social media. We are on Facebook, we are on Twitter and Instagram. And you can find us just by searching Italian American Podcast. Arrivederci!